All right, man. We're live. Chris, Chris Wise, welcome to the About Whatever podcast. Yes, sir. Let's do our ceremonial podcast handshake. Yes, you know? yes, Come sir. On. Yes. <laughs> this is long overdue, man. We've been trying to figure this out for a minute. Since uh, I, I went back in the DM chain since November. Yeah? And you started it. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I started it yeah, during like the pandemic a little bit towards the end of it, I think I started, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I want to I want to start this off with this this uh, song that I found. I just want to get your reaction to it. Okay, uh, this is from years ago, man. I, I actually put the, I don't know if you remember when I was doing the uh, grapevine, the grapevine. Come yeah, on, yes, sir. I gotta do. I just want to do that again for fun, honestly. Uh, but yo, here we go. Let's see. I had to do some digging for this, man. I was like, before you got here, I was trying to find it. Let's see. Classic, man. Yeah, man. And I'm gonna put it up on the screen and shit when when uh when the editing, you know what I mean? Classic, classic, classic. How's this uh how's this make you feel when you hear this shit? You are now watching a master. <laughs> I mean, you see I'm Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this was this was uh how we were talking about with Nas on the last episode, that whole like DIY scene. This is that time, you know what I'm saying? When we were doing all the shows. Bananas and peanuts from the corner Stuff ho for breakfast all week I'm committed Posted up on decal with a dollar and a fifty Yeah, driver, can yeah I this, was a this was a special time, man follow, A special time in uh, Everything that was going on Everything that everybody was like doing the thing Again, like Nas was saying last episode It was like we were all just doing this for fun And like just to Because everybody was hungry You know what I mean? And like it, it speaks to like how with age and experience you start to lose some of the, the childlike you know like natural artistic sense yeah that you're blessed with when you're young and then you know even dealing with you know like teens and preteens like they already are starting to get jaded yeah you know or or self-conscious to the point where they don't feel confident to create or, or confident to achieve things mm -hmm. so how, how how old were you during that time anyways that's 2014 that music video so i had just turned 22 okay cool yeah. all right yeah so we're, yeah we're like the same age i just turned 30 so sir yes, you know big three oh but you 91 though yeah oh you're so 90, 92? 92 uh yeah. okay okay how's life though man i haven't seen you in a while you got a you got a lot of new stuff that's happened to oh, you recently yeah. we'll, de we'll <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> we'll definitely get into that man but like how's uh how's life that i know you went back to school or were you did you go back to school or were you just going through school at your own pace like like from that time of course yeah you know i mean i was um i mean I, I was back in school at that point i had a little bit of work to finish up 14 so then i graduated undergrad 15 the, mm -hmm. next, the next year uh got my degree from cuny's individual studies program yeah so that's in hip-hop marketing okay so the school mcgavers they instituted a pilot master's program like for the first time it had all it had only been undergrad so i was able to jump in that and get my master's degree in business within a year so i've been out of school since 2016 and i definitely Feel like having a master's degree that's like in the middle to me it's like yeah. if you get your bachelor's if you're gonna go to step two which i did i'm like now nah, i gotta go to step three yeah get the doctorate well how was that how was that process getting your master's I, and i know that's the it's like a pretty difficult thing to do is it, it's you know the schoolwork becomes much more intense and deliberate 
and uh, time-consuming, I can assume, you know? Okay, let me... I'm just trying to word it humbly. Uh, to, <laughs> that was never my issue. Yeah. Like, from even as a kid, like, school was something I navigated very well mm-hmm. in terms of aptitude and just the hustle of it. Because, like, I wasn't a kid that studied a lot. I just did the homework. Yeah. Or even now, looking at... When you look at college, you get a syllabus at the beginning of the semester, mm-hmm. which is the blueprint for success. So... If you want to get an A or A+, you don't have to overthink it. You just have to read the instructions and follow what the professor is telling you to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So life is like that in ways, too, you know, because you get signals of what you're supposed to do, but then you end up doing this, and then you end up down the the poor path. Yeah. But maybe you should have just read the syllabus and followed it. Yeah, and another thing is, like, I I found through college, uh, really all you got to do is show up. Physically? You gotta or, be or physically, mentally. You gotta physically, mentally, you know, you just gotta be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you go to your classes, it's you know, it's hard to fail. You know, I mean, I think in my opinion, I just think you just gotta just gotta be there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know people I went to school with that uh were smart people, smart dudes, smart girls, and then they got to college and just like never wanted to go to class because they got this freedom mm. of being away from home or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And I just found like I was kinda like the same way with school. Like school was never really an issue for me. Um, even when I went to college, like I just knew I had to go to class and Mm -hmm. get it over with and do what I had to do. And that's really all you got to do, man, to pass a class. Like you just got to show up. Mm -hmm. That's just like to pass, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like top state, top tier student (laughs) in the class, but I'm just saying in general, like you just need to show up. Uh Uh-huh. But to your point, the lifestyle stuff, once that starts creeping in and then if you let that really take hold of of your, you know, of your time, then you lose track of the fact that you're there for an academic purpose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, all right, well... Because once, if you're living in a dorm environment, I mean, you could just be social yeah. seven days a week, you know what I mean? And not even remember that there's a library on the campus. Or that <laughs> yeah. you have... You, or you're not... You might not even log into your... You know, whatever your Blackboard type of situation for two or three days because you just zoned out from it. Yeah. So I've seen both sides of it. Yeah, I I... I never really stayed home. I was one. I went away as soon as I like graduated high school, and I and I always thought that like you came straight from from Florida to Brooklyn. No, I went from okay. So I got like recruited late in my senior year for baseball. Okay, by a school in Jersey. Okay. There was another school in Texas that I could have went to too, but I decided to go to Jersey. And at your leisure, of course. Oh, oh yeah. At this, your leisure. Oh yeah, we're gonna get. We'll okay, we'll pop cool. that. We'll pop that. Um. So, yeah, I, I got recruited, like, late in my senior year to go play baseball at the school in Jersey. Okay. So I had to do a semester in Florida before I went to New Jersey. But even then, I went four hours north. I went to Santa Fe College, which is, like, the sister school to University of Florida. Okay. So Gainesville or whatever. I was there for a semester. And then uh, I went to New Jersey, ended up having a red shirt because I tore my labrum, like, a week before I went there. Labrum, that shoulder. <laughs> shoulder, yeah, just, like, rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was there, had a red shirt my freshman year. Yeah. My, or yeah, like my freshman year. Then I stayed there for the second year and decided I didn't want to be there anymore. And then the first school I went to go look at, cause you know, like if when you're in college or whatever, if you're at a school for like more than two years, it's kind of difficult to transfer cause you might lose a lot of credits yeah. and it kind of like sets you back, you know? So like year two is like where you really kind of need to make, make that decision. decision. If you're going to stay or you're going to go. And, uh, 
so yeah the first i don't even know how i don't even i i think i just even when i was in high school i knew i wanted to live in new york for some reason like my backpack I, one year i think it was my junior year because it was two years in a row like where i had new york themed backpacks i used to have my homie that would do like paint like okay. spray paint and like art and stuff in my junior year i had an airbrush picture a black and white airbrush picture of joel santana on my back on my backpack on a jansport with the with the he took the front pouch off uh -huh. so it was a straight flat and then the scene my senior year i had one with like my baseball number on it and like the city skyline like just the skyline of new york and i don't know why bro i just was like yo i want to live in new york i just always thought that and then when i went to brooklyn college i like or when i went to jersey i was so close to the city mm -hmm. you know i could see it from like the top of the hill like where my school was so i don't know how i even came across brooklyn college i just looked at it and then I didn't even look at any other schools after that. I went went on the tour and fell in love with like the campus. And I was just like, damn, yeah. And I want to go. Oh, and then I like uh cuz I was communications in Jersey. Okay. But I didn't really like communications. Like uh it was too much like on the journal like the writing side. So I wanted to get a little bit more like technical. And uh I went to Brooklyn College and saw the radio station. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, damn, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is cool. And I went to yeah, I went to Brooklyn, man, and I've been here like 10 years now so following the jewel storyline right yeah you're, you're saying you don't know how it happened how did you develop the affinity for new york but is it can we just trace it back to hip-hop maybe like the hip-hop like like infiltrated your subconscious i mean it could point? be i mean because yeah like rap and hip-hop has always been my thing i mean and everybody even in florida everybody went through the dipset phase you know what i mean like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when because you know i knew a new york rap Mm -hmm. but like i didn't really get into like the real like the artists that you don't hear necessarily on the main level mm -hmm. out here until i moved here okay you know what i'm saying and then i start finding out about like all these like sean price uh sean price Rest like peace, yeah. I, I knew i i knew big l before i moved mm -hmm. up before when i was a kid but like i didn't know it you know what i mean yeah. and so when when i got here i got like introduced to a lot of the other sounds that came out of here and I, yeah i don't know i it, it I don't know what it was, man. I just was like, I just knew I wanted to live in the city for some reason. I don't think it was like listening to like New York rap and being like, damn, I want to <laughs> be out there. <laughs> Gotta get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't know what it was, man. I, okay. And I think a little, like I said, I think a little bit it has to do with how close I was in Jersey. Like I was just a bus ride away. Mm -hmm. And I only, and I, as a college athlete, like you don't have time to like do anything really. It's mm -hmm. You're really like an athlete than a student and uh so i really so af athlete student you think that's a yeah for sure mm, that's tough i think i think it is man especially at like a large school like you know at these huge universities and things like that like you're definitely an athlete before a student i just think you just you have so much time you spend so much more time like at the field training conditioning running like travel travel like all that you know so it, they have to find like a balance or whatever but uh, yeah, I had gone into the city like four times that whole like two years where I was there and I was just like, damn, I just like this shit. Like, mm. Never even really went to Brooklyn. I was just kind of like on that like touristy shit, like midtown, downtown mm. a little bit, you know, just exploring. And then, yeah, I came out here, man. And then where did I meet you? I met you at Brooklyn College, right? Because didn't you? Okay, yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. And at, let's pop this bottle. Let's pop this. As yeah, it would have been 12 because... I was in the CUNY Individual Studies Program, uh -huh. which for all, not just New Yorkers, but for anybody who's looking for an interesting, affordable program, you know, 
the program allows you. It's called CUNYBA. It allows you to build your own major. And then you have your home school that you're attached to, but then you're able to uh, pull from the like entire CUNY Rolodex and take classes. From- yeah, yeah. You you build your you build your degree based on the best classes that suit what you want. And then study. you can okay, so you can pick through uh, Thank you can you, pick through all the courses that you want to take, but then you. You basically just like pick a campus where you, where you want to study all these or no you can study throughout the, the whole i think it's all cuny cuny senior colleges i think i think you had to be at a four-year school but yeah i could have i mean i it, looking back maybe i would have tried to broaden my horizons but coming from where i'm from at crown heights i really didn't want to be taking classes at york you feel me like i didn't want to have to in the middle of the day, be on the train for an hour and a half yeah. and then have to go back. So I'm like, well, I'm going to limit my search. I'm going to do my classes, class, whatever classes I can take at my homeschool, MacGyver's, Brooklyn College, and then I took one course at City Tech. Okay. But it was was a dope hip-hop course. I think it was a hip-hop worldview, mm-hmm. you know? So the, even though I was in this, you could go anywhere, I still was doing like a, a lot of coursework at Brooklyn. So yeah. that's how I ended up there, and then that's how we crossed paths. That would have been in 2012. Like, who's on deck? Yeah, yeah. Because I was, Big I science. graduated. <sighs> man, I still oh, everyone's. Cheers, oh yeah, cheers, cheers, cheers. Respect. I uh, that go, boy. You know. Oh yeah. As as always, we're unofficially officially sponsored by Bel Air. You know, we're trying. I'm trying to get that that bottle, black bottle boy, uh, sponsor man. You're not trying. You manifest this. So yeah, it'll be here soon enough. Yeah, it'll be here soon enough. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so no, we met, yeah, like 2012, because I graduated like 2013, and you were like an intricate part of, of the Who's on Deck Cyphers and the Who's thank on you. Deck show in general, because like, you performed at a lot of our like Cyphers and some of our events, right? Yeah, we did the concert up in the, the student center. I can't remember. Was that, that ours or was that Nigel's? Oh, okay. Well, which one was it? It might have been the Was it when Roger uh, wore the kilt? The kilt. And he had like the black leather jacket with the blue hoodie, I think. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, memories yeah. are memories a mug, man. <laughs> black <laughs> just, leather jacket. Are you saying that? I'm seeing it. Yeah. You know yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I, I uh. Shout out to shout out to the big homie, man. His father just passed. Away, yeah, so, yeah. Man, he, yeah. Sure. Shout out to him and sending love his way for sure. But he's also engaged to be married too, you know. So there's highs and lows in life, man. I did see that. Congratulations to him, man. I, t- I texted him uh, the other day or whatever, but uh, haven't heard back from him. I'm sure he's getting, you know, a million messages. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a popular guy. Mm-hmm. But plus, what, what, you know, having, you know, and I guess we'll get there at some point in terms of 2020 and stuff like that, you really got to sit with the grief too. Yeah. First. Yeah. I think if you try to, you know, when, when a, a loved one passes away, I know there's 10 million things you got to do, but within that, you got to find some time one to three days or however you process it. Yeah. Just to just, this is like, this, this really just happened. You know what I mean? Like, let me like try to, I wouldn't say process it cause process it could take 10 years, but like just em- embrace it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like look that pain in the eye. And like, yeah. And that's a tough one too. Like losing your dad. You know what I mean? That that's a tough one. That's always going to be a tough one. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. I'm not going to know. That level, I didn't grow up with my father. Yeah, same. It's still, still the, the same storyline, so I wouldn't know that particular relationship. But I've seen it. Like, I've seen so much death around me. So yeah. it's like I've become this expert on it. 
then it's like something you would not <laughs> you don't want to be a deaf have to be a deaf expert yeah, and yeah, yeah. expert and you know what to say to people and you know what bible verses you could try to quote like it's not anything that's fun it's purposeful and it you know it could help you know keep people keep keep those people's spirits alive or, or help you know bring them you know back to some sort of peace but yeah it ain't fun but it's a part of life right? well touching on that subject i, I want to pick your brain on that because as well i didn't i didn't know my dad at all until mm -hmm. i reached out to him when i was like 25 wow 24 25 because i just got to the point where i was just like yo i need to meet this guy and like because if i don't no contact at all like didn't know like mm. nah never so how was the search process like i mean i just found him on facebook Okay. <laughs> Good job, Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I found him on Facebook. Like, he tried to reach out to me when I was in, like, middle school and uh, tried to, like, meet me or whatever. My sister has memories of him because she was older when, mm -hmm. when he was around. So, so I don't, he wasn't having it or your mom's wasn't having it? No, nah, I wasn't. Because like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, well, it, yeah, I was, you know, it wasn't really necessarily, like, fuck this guy. I was just, like, I kind of had, like, a stepdad in the picture at that moment mm. uh, who later, like, passed away in my freshman year of college. Okay, but, like, Thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, I like. Have you ever met your dad or? Yeah, they broke up prior to my birth, so it was always distant mm -hmm. physically. Even though he was in the Bronx, yeah. Uh, but I s saw him somewhat periodically, maybe like one to three times a year. And there was always positive interactions and I would be, you know, at the family house in the Bronx and knowing my cousins and, you know, my grandparents and stuff like that. Yeah. And over time, and obviously him getting his new family is a major key of that. Over time, it just became more infrequent. And then the last of it was like around my like college years. And I, I think he has at least two kids and. I met one of them, the, the son I never met. And then I dealt with a lot of anger on that toward the perfect storm time of a young man's life, that 16, 17, mm -hmm. yeah. sophomore, junior year of high school. Like, I was really like, <clears throat> pissed. Like, I used to call his phone and leave angry voicemails and shit like that. So what I got to the final resolve of it is like, well, I'm an adult now. This person has shown me that he's not interested in me that's the proof of it so i could be i could be mr high road and like well that's my dad you know it would be good to have a relationship but it's like how we move in the world right now if somebody crosses me once and is vicious enough yeah it's done for you right yeah for sure so if i have now uh 29 years of 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 resume of you being trash i'm not gonna go seek you out for you to come into my life because you already you know what i'm saying yeah you, you, you snaked me already mm -hmm. i'm not about to bring you around so you could come try to sell me some talk yeah you know i'm saying it's not there's nothing you really could say because we we had the capacity to have a relationship because we used to see each other you brought me gifts mm -hmm. you feel me so what what's really your rationale for taking that path of life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah, obviously yeah. now I have a the completely different perspective on it now as a father. Mm. And to, to know how fly that shit is on an everyday basis just to see my son. 
Yeah. So now I know that he made a conscious choice to just dip and like do other shit. Like what I don't I don't know. It's like some weird ass shit. Yeah, I feel you. That kind of I mean, like I said, I I had no memory of my dad at oh. all. So uh, when I got to the age where I was just like, because really what it was for me, it was just like, uh, yo, I just need to meet him for myself. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I just need to see him. You know what I mean? And like, get some shit off my chest about how I felt about him not being around, right? Mm-hmm. And so whatever, yeah, I met him when I was like 25. My sister came with me. Uh, he was like living with his girlfriend or whatever. Okay. He, uh, I don't know, he, I, like, according to my mom, he had, like, a pretty rough life, like, with his with his dad and shit like that. But then he became, like, a, a, a cop in Miami in, like, the 80s, or South Florida in, like, the 80s when that shit was, like, crazy, cocaine. Like, it was just crazy to be, like, the whole police force in Miami and Fort Lauderdale were, like, mostly corrupt. Like, I guess he went undercover and, like, got tied up in some shit, and that's where he went. You know what I mean? And my mom was just like, fuck this. But when I met him, it was like... I was just like, all right, this is cool. Like, I'm glad I did it, but I've hung out with him maybe like two or three times, maybe four or five times. I don't know, three or four times maybe after that. And still to this day, I'm like, I'm glad I did it, but it's hard for me to care about building a relationship. You know what I'm saying? And it's because like, like how you said, it's because it's like you had all these years, like, you, you know, you, you could have done some things, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to allow me to feel differently. You know what I mean? So when you get to that age where you're like, I mean, I don't have a kid, you know what I mean? But uh, I felt that when I had an, when I got my nephew, mm-hmm. where I was just like, yo, I can't like be not around this kid. Like I'm, and, and again, like he doesn't have a dad, so I'm like the like the father figure to him. You know what I mean? In a sense, because like I have to be, I'm try, I try to be there as much as I can. You know, mm-hmm. but like talk to me about, let's stay on that topic. Like you are a new father uh sage right yes, sir big sage man. did he just turn a year nah he's seven months seven months now. okay i thought i saw something yeah. about well i did see he got two teeth right yeah, yeah. i saw that that's, post that's the other day the, that's one of the big achievements in his life yes right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they just got it chill man they just you know they wake up they get taken care of they just get pushed around get some food now you know the biggest the hardest thing he's going through is getting some teeth you know yeah and then figuring out his walking Oh, that, that's that's gonna be his next frontier yeah. for sure. So, what's that like, man? What's it What's it like being a new dad? Well, the, what was it actually before you yeah. go into what it feels like to be a new dad? What was I it like when you found out right, right. that you so, were gonna be a dad? So, the the beginning of the narrative is 2019 mm-hmm. when we were first found out we were pregnant. Yeah, and that was the celebration of that. And then within a few weeks, there was a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So. Imagine that's the ultimate height and the ultimate low of life yeah. in the span of two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Life life and death. And having to figure that out all on the fly, nothing, nothing going to prepare you for something like that, right? Mm. This is the first time we're about to get pregnant and then boom. So I still don't even understand that. It's not something that I think about often. I've, you know, written about it a few times. But it just is, that's just something on the, on the, on the jacket that just, it's just there and I don't. Yeah. And no, nothing like, yeah, nothing can really prepare you for how you're going to deal with that. Like, you just got to take it Mm -hmm. and, you know, figure it out. Mm -hmm. 
So that's what that was. So then we go into, well, one thing I did, I was working a, a, a serious uh, corporate job at the time and the, the death put me into a perspective of like, well, if life can come and go that quickly, how much of my spirit am I going to spend in this role that is not me? Yeah. When I've, you know, if either after work I'm working on this thing or on my lunch break I'm trying to write this song or whatever. or You know what I'm saying? I have all of these ideas I'm cooking, but it's like, well, I don't want to waste my life away doing mm. something that I feel is just a stepping stone anyway. Why don't I just get my all right now? So I ended up leaving that job, which I'm happy with the decision, but little did I know, by the time I leave that job, a few months later, insert global pandemic. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was a big curveball. So it's like being um, unemployed at that time wasn't ideal. Fire. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. And um, I ended up getting a new job, like March eighth, and then I was about to, I was supposed to start orientation on the day that New York City got shut down, yeah. March sixteenth. So I was about to get my pieces back together. But no clip for that too. So March, that's March. Then and you couldn't when you when you leave a job like you you were were you eligible for the unemployment that that was coming through? Nah, nah, nah right? Because you left. I right? made that I made that decision on the spiritual tip. Yeah, where it was just like I just got to do something different. And yeah, that's been a um, like you know looking back, I'm I'm ten years in in music. So this is like a big year and just a big like reset moment for me of like, you know, looking at, okay, got a decade in. So like, what's up for the next decade? I wish that I was more, I mean, I felt like I was always business savvy, mm -hmm. but I just wasn't as money hungry as I needed to be based on my role in life. As a, I'm an only child, so it's not like I have older brothers that's going to hold me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a dad, so I don't have him that's going to hold me down. Now, I'm a husband, so now I have more responsibility. So it's like if I was trying to do art as a side hustle and then just always had like a core you know what I'm saying? Business thing that I was doing, like like a nine to five or just something yeah, yeah. that was like that, that would have been a way better situation for me. So I would always advise a young artist that like, don't try to put the cash register on your art like as the main thing, like right when you're just getting started. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like having to be honey money hungry for, for your artwork or for any any startup, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're depending on your startup to feed you, that's really risky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could you could pop out, you know what I'm saying, and and get, you know, some quick success, but it's like that's not it's a startup, so it's not guaranteed that three months from now them, them same pieces is gonna be hitting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been caught in that quagmire of like being so invested in my creativity that I wasn't necessarily taking care of just like my personal business elements. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah, yeah. as more of an adult, it's like now I have way more responsibility. So I have to put the 
the family business first, and then that has created this decrease on my capacity to do art and, and entrepreneurial endeavors. So it's like throughout 2020, I was asking myself, how serious am I going to continue to take this music in particular? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love it. I'm skilled in it. I've already had success in it. So it's not like it's a pipe. For some people, they're going to have the imposter syndrome of wondering, is this a pipe dream or not? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like, okay, they they nod in their head when I play it, but like, is it really hot? Like, do they really fuck with me? So it's like, thankfully, I don't have that issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could... You know, there's time. There's been plenty of time when I wasn't writing, but I know as soon as I come back to it, I'm still me. And matter yeah. of fact, I'm better than I was the last time. Did you, you know have Did you have imposter system early on? You know, right? Like when we were talking about earlier, like third eye days, and like you know, people fucking with your music back in that. I mean, because I know you remember, bro. Like when you performed, you had a lot of energy, and people fucked with it. Like it was, it was a moment. Like, did that ever cross your mind? Like, nah, I'm like, I'm dope. Like, it doesn't really matter. I like to say, like, it's like, I like to tell people, like, you just got to get, question. like, a, a, a certain amount Thank of you, uh, of fuck it in your system. You know what I mean? Particularly, particularly if you're going to be pursuing rap. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that whole, that, you know, rap is very braggadocious. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So if you go out there with the, I mean, I guess you could sell, you could sell self-consciousness now. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, shout out to Kanye of making, you know, to be to be tapped in with one's inner emotions and mm-hmm. thoughts. You know, that's something that you know he helped shepherd into the music industry. But, or at least the, the hip-hop culture with, you know, things he was talking about on the college dropout. So, to your question, uh, I'm dealing with imposter syndrome now in a new business I'm, I'm trying to get into. So, looking back, I can't say that I was dealing with imposter syndrome with music. Yeah, I had a great debut. Like I was spending so much time in my dorm freestyling and developing my voice and figuring out. Like, well, I was rapping since I was a kid. First yeah, of yeah. All. That's the most important part. You know what I'm saying? I started rapping in the fifth grade in the lunchroom, and then I really was writing heavily in high school. And then only when I got to school in math did I start taking it seriously and say, "Okay, I want to see what's up." Like as a career path. I went to school for sports management originally. Mm. And that's still a dream that I've circled back to and I'm still trying to, I'm still working, I'm not trying, I'm working to execute the original vision. So I put so much work in privately and then my debut was this freestyle competition at our, I was in a sports management organization. So we had a uh, charity basketball tournament and then we had the uh, freestyle tournament, you know, within the games and the mission vibes. And I splashed, you know what I'm saying? My debut was a splash, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got a got boy up out of there. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to about okay. it too, you know okay. what I'm saying? I don't remember what he was saying, but I do remember after I chefed him up, I heard that he was about to, like, stop rapping. <laughs> you know what I'm so. You ended somebody's career? Reportedly. <laughs> reportedly. <laughs> Supposedly. I don't know. Have you checked in on him? No. But I got some people that can vouch, <laughs> vouch for for that and uh the video is still you know out there in the server verse so yeah uh the second round other people was spin written they wasn't they wasn't really freestyling so i yeah, didn't, yeah. i didn't uh win the competition but 
my that was my first public rap performance and I did what I had to do. So that already set me. I mean, I already knew I was hard because of the work I was doing privately. It mm-hmm. just that was me reassured, being reassured. Uh, no, I would just say that was me becoming a performing artist. You know what I'm saying? It's different from being a recording artist and you know pressing play on a laptop in, in a dorm. Yeah, or even going to the studio. But I mean, think about how many people want to do music and they go to the studio but never put music out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying so. I risked. Uh, remember, we're I'm I'm 19 years old on a college campus. Like if I'm if I'm trash, I'm risking my whole social life. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I let you know what I'm saying yeah. if I let this dude chef me up, yep. I gotta walk around. I gotta eat. And yeah, you gotta, I gotta deal eat with in that. the same DC with these people. Yeah, boy. You see the you see the video? What? Yeah. So it's like I didn't have to do that. Like I really, you know, I I did what I had to do. So I never was. I never suffered with that because I I believed, you feel me? Like mm-hmm. I believed in what I was doing. And even to this day, you know, even before coming here, I'm with Sage. I'm, you know, rehearsing and, and, and working on stuff. I'm rapping in his face. Like, I believe. If I believe that, if I believe my shit enough to rap it for my child and, and let him soak it up and, you know, I mean, I was rapping on the trains, you know, back when, you know, to, to talk about that era, you know, so I... Were you rapping on what were those trains? Was it, was it those train ciphers that used to happen back in the day? You remember those? Uh, I mean, sometimes I used to just rap on a train though. Just oh, like just some, to do it? Yeah, not yeah, even yeah. on no hustle shit. Like I know there was um, it was some of us that did it on the, the the business tip, but like you had to you had to lab it. You know what I'm saying? Just like you talk about as an athlete, like you got to put time in. It's not just the yeah, show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's not the show, and that's a bit always been a major element of my approach to music is the work and, and the private work. Like by the time I, anytime I went to, the, I never was a guy, I never had the, the, oh, we're going to the studio, we're going we're gonna to work on something. Mm. That never was my situation. Like I had to get to the point to get to the studio. So by the time I'm in there, I didn't already then rehearse the song 3,000 times. Yeah, yeah. You know, on a literal. So I believe, man. Yeah, I feel you. That's it, and that's a good thing because I mean, I remember when I was DJing a bunch, like that would happen to me. I would have like imposter syndrome or whatever. Um, I wouldn't say it was like part of the reason why I kind of like stopped DJing, but like part of the reason why I stopped DJing, I was talking about it with Nas on the last episode was uh, was uh, I felt like it became like a popularity contest out here. Like it's like. There's like a business side of it, yeah. Like, how many people can you bring to our event if you DJ? You okay, know? I get that. Yep. But like, I felt like it was like, to be honest, I was like, damn, I'm a lot better than some a lot of these DJs, but they're they're getting booked based on that the fact that they're like at every party, and they're here, they're there, they're you know what I mean? They're just like the, the word back then, you know, mixy or whatever. Um, but back when I was DJing and stuff, like I remember like people coming up to me and being like, I would be on a high after. Like, right after the show, people would come mm-hmm. up to me like, yo, sick, blah, 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 like, you know. But then when I would get home, I would be like, man, were people, like, really, like, were they telling the truth? Or, like, mm. people were, were people just, like, lying? And it's so crazy to think that because it's like, who's going to fucking go out of their way, like, and be like, let's go tell the DJ, like, he was fire even though he sucked. Like, 
this is New York, bro. Like people don't that they're you know what I mean? Like they don't have that in them. If you suck, you're going like to know, you know. Middle school, high school shit. Yeah. Where a chick will tell you she like you and then you think y'all about to get something going, but it really was just an inside joke between her and friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like let's invite him to the party, but there's actually like no party and we gave him the wrong address. Like, yeah. Little super bad type shit like that. Mm. But yeah, as adults like People shouldn't be fucking with you like that. Yeah, exactly. And then that's on. That's kind of like the point that I was gonna get to. It was like, especially with this, uh, with the podcast, is like going back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. Like, you just got to get like a certain amount of fuck it in your mm -hmm. system. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care how many views this does, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I just put it out and it's just for me. You know yeah, what I mean? Doing, you're doing what you want to do with your life. Exactly. You're only gonna be here for this one time in this physical joint. So yeah, and people are like, "Yo, you don't care about like this, that." And I'm like, "I do. I care about like you know the views. I care. I care about the views, but I don't care about the views. You know what I mean? Because I I want this to eventually. I want this podcast to eventually be something bigger. Of course. You know, of course, right? And yeah. it's just like, but for me, it's just like I I get such a high after I leave here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, damn, I just did this. It felt it was a really good episode. Mm -hmm. I just want to put it out and just it be there and then move on to the next one. You know what I mean? And then, like, I just like that. I like that feeling. I feel like I finally kind of over the last couple of years, like maybe the last two, three years, I've just kind of accepted the fuck it, you know? Well, because if you think about it, right, you stress the views, right? But you really have to stress the work. Yeah. You have to focus on doing more shows. You have to focus on not like, oh, this only did this. It's like, no, focus on better marketing. Yeah. To to get to the goal, you know, or just focus, you know, tune in on tune in on the work to manifest what you want versus obsessing over your perceived failures. Mm. Where it's not that you're a failure, it's just you're just on the way. Yeah. You know, and then if you're not if you look at if you look at your work in a vacuum, you're not gonna be stressed about, well, we doing five and they doing twenty five. If you're not worried about their twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just happy with yeah, your five. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Cause like damn, like there was a time I didn't even have a pod. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. just I spent I spent eight months thinking about this shit. Exactly. You know I had bro, I had yo Shout out my old roommate and my one of my close friends, Erickson. Mm -hmm. um, he's a big pro, I know. You know Erickson, right? Not personally, but I know he's he's very credentialed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've lived with him over the for like years, and then I I met him at Brooklyn College. We mm -hmm. were like we lived on. We, he didn't live on the same floor as me, but we lived in the dorms together. Okay, on Kenilworth. Yeah, okay, yes, sir. You know, that was yo. That shit was. Those dorms were so fun, man. Oh man, that was like a great introduction introduction to New York City for me because it allowed me to like meet all these people within like a confined area uh -huh. and allowed me to like build a base. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it, that. It was so important for me to live there my first year. I only lived there for a year, and then I went and got an apartment. You know, but it was just like I needed that first year of just like being around people. Mm -hmm. that were all kind of like going we were going to the same place right versus yeah. kind of being like a fish out of water yeah like moving into an apartment with like randoms and yeah. being like kind of like separated like it was like school and then a couple blocks like two blocks away was my house mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it was like they go hand in hand yeah um but yeah shout out to erickson because like 
he's been on my ass forever, bro. He's been like, yo, you got to do something. Like, you got to do skits or you got to do a show or, like, you just got to do it. Like, you know, and I'll shoot it for you. And shout out to him because the first, like, you'll notice in the first couple episodes of this podcast, like, it's a little bit more advanced with, like, the with the cameras because it's like I had we had two cameras. We mm -hmm. had we had no, we had three cameras in the beginning. You know, one center and then one for each of our profiles or whatever. So in the beginning, like you'll notice, like it's edited like that. Like when you're speaking, or, like something important, it, it singles out on you mm -hmm. or whatever. But he uh, got me into the first episode. First, I think it was like first three episodes, four episodes. He was there for, and then he was just like, "Yo, I'm just gonna, I'm a little busy, so I'm just gonna set you off with the camera. You got the ball rolling." Mm. So it was good, man. Like I've been, and like I said, like. I don't care about the views, bro. It just, just just feels good to me that I'm doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, to the point to about the imposter syndrome, if you can get one true fan or one true believer or if you have a business, if you have one customer, then that's uh, at least a preliminary proof of concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your shit is real because if it's trash, it's not going to get any traction. You know what I'm saying? Like people, this this, you know, our way we interact today is so fast that if someone actually stops to truly engage with what you're doing mm -hmm. in a real way, then you gotta appreciate that. And then just like, you know, it's like if we're looking for the, you know, if we're looking for the, um, what's the thing in the wall? If like we we have to use the scanner, the studs. Yes, right. So yeah. it's like. Find where that stud is at and then just try to just expand on that. Turn one into two and two into four. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was and it and it it kinda is probably like, you know, I'm speaking for you kinda at this at this point, but like I'm I'm sure it was like when you recorded like your first song in like a studio or whatever, like your first official song, you know what I mean? And you were like, Damn, like I can do this. Like this is like what it actually feels like to to do it on a level of like being an artist. You know, because everybody can rap with their friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, but then when the time when you get in the studio and put a track together and like listen to it in full, full length, and you're like, damn, okay, so this is what it feels like. And once you get that taste, you're like, okay, I can do this. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's kind of like with your, with your, with, with the, with the battle mm -hmm. or whatever. You were like, okay, so people actually like fuck with me and I can kind of do this. So like, maybe I should like look into this as like something serious rather mm -hmm. than like a hobby. Mm -hmm. Well, two points. Because by the time I got to that point, the only reason I had a love for it always, right? Music, um, you know, growing up on BET culture and, you know, T.I. was one of my favorites. Nelly, you know, I had the Murphy Lee CD, Ludacris, <laughs> oh, Chicken and Beer. I really grew up, like, as a, like, super into, like, Southern music. Only, like... That's, classic, yeah, it's funny. Classic that's funny. New York stuff. Like, that was more of a big deal. Like, as an adult, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, Gangstar, Wu-Tang, you know what I'm saying? I really started tuning into that later. But I was growing up on Youngblood, you feel me? Uh, big timers, you know what I'm saying? So, Yo, 85, I was listening to that track the other day, like, on repeat. Which one? 85 by Youngbloods. Okay, okay, so you know Youngblood's album, because I, I know BET Youngbloods, you know what I'm saying? I know yeah. Damn and... Yeah, there's Damn and then there's uh, 85, it's like... Uh, I know, what about Presidential? 
I would have. I know the song. Where we smoke, where we smoke that good. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But eighty-five is like the. It's like the smooth one that they had. Okay, okay. Oh fuck! What's that? Go I, keep going. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna play it, but I'm just gonna look up the name of that. Yeah, song. Yeah, we'll follow it. We'll put it in the uh, show show selects. In the, yeah, in the yeah, comments. yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Eighty-five Young Bloods. Let's see. But but to the point, I love eighty-five music. Billy D. Okay, okay. I love music, but it was a Tupac interview mm. that I watched. And this was one of while he was incarcerated, and he said explicitly that hip hop was the medium to reach the youth. So, by him saying that, and obviously with him being an ancestor at that point, I said, "Well, I've heard this from you. I'm sitting in my dorm room. I heard you say that, and that's something I'm passionate about. Even mm. though I'm here at this school, I'm majoring in sport management. I'm spending a bunch of time rapping." I now have a purpose with it. I'm willing to take my passion and try to see what we really could do with it as a career. And even going back to what you played, IB, you see the kids in that video. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, it's legit. And through, not necessarily through music, I've spent a great deal of energy over the course of my professional career impacting the lives of youth. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to say that because of that decision I made, that was inspired by Pac. And the crazy thing, I'm not a big Tupac fan. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'm not like, you know, I love changes and a couple of the hits, but I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't know like Tupac albums and stuff like that. Yeah. So for him to put me on the path and me not re- even really to be a like a, a a disciple of his musically. But just him saying that made my life more clear and put me on a direction. Like, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to say about the imposter syndrome, early, super early on in my career, shout out to nepotism, I got an opportunity to perform at the Brooklyn Cyclones. Stadium. Yeah, so I remember that. Right, so that's also in 2012. So remember, I'm just really getting started in, in 2011. So by the next summer... I'm performing in a 7,000-seat stadium in my... On the dugout, right? Hometown, yeah. I'm on top of the dugout. The players looking at me. I'm looking out at, you know, the Wonder Wheel, thousands of people. And that was a a real thing to where I had to write an original song Mm -hmm. for that performance and went up there and skilled it. So it's like, well, how could I be worried about Am I nice if I just bust down a 7,000 seat stadium? Yeah, yeah. Not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. Phew. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because baseball is not even a hip hop space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was year two. So I never could now, I, I haven't even thought, reflected on that memory in a while, but now that we're talking about the whole imposter mm. syndrome and as well the fact I know I'm dealing with it now, like I'm trying to get it more into. You know, I'm just trying to add on training as a part of my, you know, product mix. Yeah. You know, basketball training, fitness training, stuff like that. So it's like, I'm grappling with, like, can I, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to figure out what's going to be my approach. Mm -hmm. And I know a part of the blockages from really getting started is the imposter syndrome. It's like, well, how can I train a player that's better than me? You know what I'm saying? Or... I gained a bunch of weight during the pandemic. How am I about to tell you about fitness and I'm not in my peak shape anymore? You know what I'm saying? So those are things I'm grappling with. But 
with music, it's not like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rap, man. <laughs> well, maybe they'll be able to hear something by the show. Yeah, we, you, you said you said we was gonna get into it. So. We'll get into it. I want to talk. Uh, your leisure. I want to um, tap into a little bit more of like the youth stuff that you're doing because mm-hmm. you know every every week you're doing the wise runs, right? The tell me a little bit more about that. It's like pick up basketball, right? Yeah, that's that's pick up. That's actually more of an event, uh, an adult piece right now. Uh, the main thing I'm doing for the youth uh, has been teaching. Okay. Actually, like in the schools, like I was able to pick up a role at a a school in the community, and from from my birthday, February twenty fifth, for the next four months. Uh, sure, for you sure. Good on that. Uh, from from February to the end of the school year, I was teaching, and I was doing both too. So I was teaching kids in person, and I was teaching. Uh, online remote yeah so that was such a learning experience you know what i'm saying to be to be an adult but to have you know access to the minds of the next generation and learn from them and you know i was a sub so i was teaching a bunch of classes yo i've been a sub too man it's mad fun i love it dude yeah yeah, I can't. Well, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Let's talk yeah. about this real quick. It wasn't as I'm not gonna say it was as overwhelmingly exhilarating as you just made it. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of there's plenty of stress. Okay, so yeah, okay. It. Let's let me explain first, because like you were a sub in New York City. Mm-hmm. I was a sub in upstate New York, where the class size is like twelve, uh-huh. <laughs> twelve to like fifteen. You know, mm-hmm. in a super small town like pre-k or like first grade all the way through high school in one school you know what i mean so it was super chill i never had to like deal with like anything too crazy Mm -hmm. and i was young enough to like the kids would would relate to me i never had an issue like never had any kids like acting up in class like Mm -hmm. none of that Mm -hmm. but i can imagine being a substitute teacher in new york Mm -hmm. and dealing with a lot more like hecticness as being a sub you know because everybody knows you know how they used to treat subs in school not used to still <laughs> still yeah yeah yo, yeah you know i'm saying when we were we, when you know we were saying? in school when yeah, we had subs yeah, you know yeah. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's okay so tell me more about that like your experience as a sub and this is this is current too because i'm still i'm teaching summer school now as well okay so what i see is that you know like say right now i have two classes they're literally in the next room to each other and like Sometimes it's night and day with one group that is focused on their summer school. So either we tap in now and take this seriously or we're here in middle school for another year. And we yeah. get to watch um, our peers go on to high school and then we're still in middle school. Yeah. And I remember what that felt like, the pain of like, because I ended up on an alternative um college schedule so when my class graduated in 13 i remember that pain of like damn like me and you were close friends but you graduated and i didn't Mm -hmm. like that's trash (laughs) yeah yeah, and and obviously you got to grapple with like well my path is my path gotta do what i gotta do but if i'm feeling that as a young adult i could imagine how that would would really you know potentially ruin a kid at 14 13 mm-hmm. it was like i i failed to the point where i have to stay in the eighth grade for another year 
and like my best friend that I talk to every day and we walk to and from school together, they're going to high school now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that type of stuff, those type of 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 decisions could take a kid way off the path. You'd be like, well, fuck school. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they go AWOL. You know, that sadly happens every day, you know? And with these students, what they're dealing with is that not even knowing what happened in their families during the pandemic, but just the fact that they had to, you know, some people really tapped into the remote learning mm-hmm. and it was cool for them and they were focused and they were up every day and they were at their computer and it was consistent. But what I'm hearing from them is that some of them just couldn't fuck with it. They basically dropped out of school because the remote uh, demands just didn't click for them. Like they feel like they need to be in the building. So I respect it, but now we're here, right? You got a month to make or break. How is it that one class is quiet as a mouse in here, just grind, grind, yeah. grind. And then there's another class where y'all can't stop playing. Y'all can't stop being disruptive. And now are you working with like the you know same saying? age group? All yeah, the eight, time? Both, both eighth grade. Eighth grade, okay, right cool. Now. All right. Okay. Uh, when I was doing, during the school year, I was with six, seven, eight. I was doing math, science, social studies, covered health class, mm-hmm. had an English class. I was all over the place. But at least right now, like I like to be, I like the fact that I'm like locked in with this group and with these two groups and I can just, you know, like just be there, you know, because I'm even, I'm like in an assistant role. So it's like, it's interesting to just, you know, really just be a motivator for them, you yeah. know, and just telling them, you know, all my little wiseisms, you know, stay focused and, you know, lock in. And because I'm a person that is from the, the, the same bricks as them, that is going to speak some of the same language as them, that because of uh, how I communicate and how I appear physically, I'm more relatable mm-hmm. than the average teacher, you know, and... I don't try to hide from that. You know, I'm not going to go in there with the suit and tie. Like this is a this is a, a a work outfit for me, you know, so that they know that cool teachers exist. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the one to play with though because just because I'm young and I'm black and you're young and you're black, that doesn't mean that we friends or that we bro. Yeah. Because that type of, um, you know, lack of seriousness and lack of discipline is how you ended up here. So don't think that just because I have a familiar disposition that now you can continue this habit of not taking school seriously. Like this is a culture, is a culture of mediocrity that's that's pervasive in the black community as it relates to education. Mm-hmm. Like schools allow students to just be there and get through, you know, and, and pass them to the next grade. But it'll be a kid in the eighth grade, but they're on a grade two reading level or math level or both. You know what I'm saying? So having, having, it's one thing to know that conceptually it's a different thing to see the kid's name and that fact. Yeah. Like yeah. To see the name and the number is like, I can have a conversation with you in class and you, you might answer a question but then I know that you're five grades behind where you're supposed to be. And I leave you with this work, you know, and it's not 
it's on you rather than like our you know a conversation between me and you rather right what do you mean by that like like a student might be on like you know a very low reading grade level right okay but they can communicate things very well but mm. when you but when you give them an assignment and they're like you're like do this mm. it becomes like a different thing mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's it's different rather gotcha. than like me asking you a question and you being able to like articulate what you're trying to say rather than me being like hey read this book and then write the, the and write and the write your write a report on this book mm-hmm. it's different you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i told a kid today because he was trying to you know get the answers from his mans i'm like yo you have everything to say about everything you're the most communicative person in this classroom you really want to copy off of his answers? Mm. Like that, that doesn't go with your personality. That goes with how you relate to school because you don't take you don't take school seriously generally, mm. right? You're 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 here to be, I don't know, an influencer, right? And influence the class, mm. but you you really want to. You really want to copy off man's and everything you're doing here espouses leadership? No, but but it's like what you're saying is like you can bring it here, but you can't bring it here. You know, that's that's a that's a real that's a real disconnect. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying. I, and I know I, I'm familiar with it a little bit because my mom was a special education director. Mm-hmm. So even from the time where I was in middle school to the and I used to have to go to my mom's because, like in Florida, I don't know how it works here, but like in certain parts of Florida, like middle school didn't start until like eight forty-five, nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and you go till three, okay, like three, three thirty. So when I was in like middle school, I was really bad in middle school, and that was like partially because my mom like moved me from upstate New York, and like we moved to Florida again, and I was just like out of the comfort zone, and so middle school years I was really bad, bro, just like rebelling like crazy, like getting in trouble all the time and so it got to the point where my mom had to like move me to a school that was closer to hers so if she ever had to leave it was right down the street and like instead of having to come pick me up or mm-hmm. whatever like deal with it from far away but i used to deal with a lot of her students or she would like sit me in on classes with a lot of these like students in that in that world you know what i mean so it gave me like a better understanding because like sometimes you're like talking to these kids and you're like like you wouldn't tell, you wouldn't be able to tell mm-hmm. necessarily like in a face to face conversation, but mm-hmm. you put them, you put a test in front of them. And that's kind of like how I was a little bit too. Like I was always good in school with the homework and stuff like that. But you put a test in front of me, it's like kind of mm. a little bit intimidating, you know what I mean? And so when you put like these tasks in front of the kids without the face to face contact, it becomes a whole totally different world for them. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, I had students... I had some students that would come to class every day and do nothing. Yeah. But they'd be there to get the attendance credit. Yeah. And you don't even know why, because it's not like they have the camera on and you can't really talk to them. Yeah. And they're just in the class. And really, how I started adjusting into it is I'm a rock with who rocking with me. Yeah. You know? So if I have five students that's locked in, we're going to lock in. And... You're here, and you see what we're doing. So, I don't have to. I'm not going to step on your neck to 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 pressure you to do the work. Yeah, you logged in. You seen the assignment when it got posted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
we know what's going this is school this is not your first year of school you know what the arrangement is like we're here to learn we're here to work hard and i always demand that from students like i don't demand like i I don't want you to think that like i don't want you to think that is that is easy or that is playful yeah because this schooling is to prepare you for life which is going to be infinitely much harder than you think this worksheet is yeah so yeah. if you cannot yeah. wrap your head around this book and the questions is right there, all you have to do is read the passage and answer the questions. If you're going to do everything to avoid doing this, then you're going to be in a, for a rude awakening. And I don't want you to be a a black man in this world without a work ethic. Yeah. Because you're really, you're, you're going to need it because you're going to have to work exponentially harder than, everyone else in your surroundings because it's, it's like they're, they're caught up in the, the, the physical space that they're in with their friends and their peers, but they're not necessarily focused on the next, that's what's what going to happen every, next. Every yeah. level you get to now we're, we're adults. Mm. We're competing with 8 billion people. Yeah. As a middle schooler, you're competing with the eight kids in your class. Yeah. That's, that's what you could see. You know what I'm saying? And you're just trying to have the funniest joke, the freshest fit, you know what I'm saying? The nicest phone. That's that's the plane that they're living on, but from our perspective as adults, we got to make them aware. Like, no, like there's gonna be a point where like you're gonna have to cut it. It's like I'm saying, okay, you nice at your school, but like, what you gonna do when it's AAU season? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You was nice in high school, but what you what you gonna do in college? You have plenty of players that's that's college all timers, but didn't do much when they got to the league. Yeah, or couldn't even get a contract. So. We gotta, we gotta make it real for them and like let them know because otherwise you might get stranded on the block because you never developed that hustler's energy to know how to work hard. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, man, it's it's a weird thing, man. It's a it's a it's a weird. I was because I was gonna ask you. I was just gonna like be like, what's like your favorite like age group to to teach but you said you've mm. been just working with eighth graders yeah i got high school experience and i got i, I would think if i was comparing the years i definitely have more middle school experience than high yeah. school experience but it's like high school high school you really could do more you, sh- you should be doing a lot less behavioral stuff in high school mm. and really can like have fun with content and like you know have intellectual discussions and yeah like being a little bit more like impactful on life rather than like just do you know it was fun because like when i was a sub it was weird because it was like sometimes i like teaching like the ninth graders and stuff like that 10th graders i i I like uh i grew to like to be close to like the sports kids on the teams or whatever so i'll play basketball with them after you know what i mean Mm -hmm. blah 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 but my favorite was like first second third grade man like those kids are so fun you know it was i never like felt stressed out about that like it, it was fun like teaching little kids Excuse and uh it's interesting to like pick people's brains about like what they uh what they prefer like what they were working on you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were a substitute teacher. Surprise. <laughs> In between Because you got, verses, as man. I'm saying, you got a million things going on. You got, before we get into a little bit of the music stuff, tell me a little bit more of like uh, the Mastery Studios. Mm-hmm. And 
Also, before that, like, <laughs> before that, like, the black the market matrix. wears, where uh-huh. the, what, what, what happened to that? Is that still a thing? Because I remember, I remember when I met you, that mm-hmm. was, that was a thing. That was the brand. That was a brand, mm-hmm. black market wears, but now it's Mastery Studios. Right, right, right. Uh, and Waterman Agency. Mm-hmm, we working. Yeah, so tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about, like, those two things. Okay, okay. So, the plan is, there's a, there's an umbrella corporation that I've established, and that's the, that's really going to be the hub because I've suffered from this brand, that brand, this idea, trying to cook them all mm. separately. So throughout that, when I tell you, I, I, you know, after we suffered the miscarriage and I quit the job, throughout that time I was working at that job, I was developing this new company to where I could have my, my business, SIS, underneath one umbrella, but then I was looking at a lot of different social issues that was really fucking with me, to, uh, particularly homelessness, excuse me, particularly homelessness because that's something that my work was uh, dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I was having to help people find housing and stuff like that. So I'm like, homelessness is an issue that like doesn't really make sense, but it's so pervasive in our society. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Just on the way here, you know, I had to... I mean, I'm the type of person that's going to give if I got it. So I mean, I'm at Union Square, so I'm showing love as necessary or on the train as necessary. So that was just bringing me back into the space. And I knew when me having that experience coming, I knew I wanted to, to talk to you about that. So I started building these big ideas about like how we could solve homelessness, right? And I'm like, well, me having this whole huge real estate development slash social enterprise, that doesn't make sense to go underneath a clothing brand. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I need to I need to zoom out of this like Chris Wise the artist thing and figure out who am I as a CEO and the music is just a part of that approach. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I'm a student of Hove in that regard of you start with music as your base and you try to do your best to keep the main thing the main thing, but you're able to develop a, a integrated product mix and a platform that you can do whatever your heart desires and make sense in the marketplace. Yeah. You know? So I have my corporation and then Mastery Studios is the brand slash record label. So the corporation is Waterman Agency. No. Wa- it's actually 1700 Capital Ventures. And 1700 okay. represents where I'm from, Ebbsfield, 1700, uh, 1700 Bedford Avenue. And that, for historians, is where the Brooklyn Dodgers used to play. Okay, so I got to talk to you about this. I was looking for it. I was okay. looking for it. I moved, so it's like okay. somewhere in a okay. box. But I remember I told you mm-hmm. that I had like a little gift for you. Okay. And I got a really special gift for you, bro. Okay. It's just a baseball card. But like my... uh. I mean, I'm not gonna surprise. I'm gonna now tell you what it is. When, surprise. Yeah, when, when I give it, it when I give it to you, I'm gonna give it to you. When I find it, I just gotta. Now I wanna I gotta, know what it is. So my grandfather was uh, was a baseball player as well, okay. and he used to catch for this pitcher named Johnny Padres, who was from upstate New York, like where my family's from. Okay. And uh, he was you the, giving y'all some real pod today, man. Y'all getting some shit y'all ain't yeah, expect, man. He was the. I have. So many things signed by this guy from my grandfather, like Johnny, crazy shit. Johnny Padres. Johnny Padres. Okay. Padres. He was the 1955 okay. World Series MVP for the Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field. 
and I have a signed card for you somewhere. It's in my house somewhere. I just got to look through the boxes because I just moved. But I got it for you. So you're you telling me your grandfather trained with the 1955, 1955 World Series MVP. MVP. Yes. Yo, man. You, you my grandfather, like, played a little bit of, like, somewhat pro-ish ball, but then during that time he went to the Army and became, mm -hmm. like, a uh, a paratrooper. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, he was, like, really good friends with Johnny Podgers. I met him when I was in, like, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Like, my grandfather took me to meet him. But, yeah, I got a bunch of You got to work out with him, too, or you just met him? Like, no, nah, I just oh, met him. I just okay, met him, okay. yeah. And uh, he eventually became like a pitching coach for the Phillies uh, and a bunch of different stuff. But yeah, he's passed away now. But yeah, I got a bunch of stuff signed from him, and I have a card for you, bro. And I was looking for it before I came here. I can't find it because I was just like rushing through my boxes or whatever. But I got it for you. That's mad, like in sync. Because today I was looking at the 1955, like World Series commemorative logo mm -hmm. to pull the colors. To pull the blue, to pull the red. So yeah. like, I literally was on that there, that like commemorative logo, like just today. So yeah, no, I, 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 even, I got I mean, it. I'm the same I, wavelength. I, I got a million things, bro. Like signed by him. I'm actually going upstate. If I can't find the card this week before I leave upstate, like uh, I'm going to Lake George on like Sunday or Monday, and all my baseball stuff is up there. Like I said, I got a million cards signed from him. So right, I'll just get you another one if I can't find the one that's in my room somewhere. Johnny. But I got one for you, man, because I, I, I figured that would mean, mean a lot to you, bro, because it was just like Ebbets Field, Brooklyn Dodgers. I think mm -hmm. it was like one of the last. I don't know what year the Brooklyn Dodgers went to L.A. It was like maybe a couple years after. Yeah, it was two and years. And then the complex went up 62. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Special stuff, bro. I got a bunch of stuff, but I'm gonna bring it to you because mm -hmm. I, I want you to have that. Uh, I appreciate that, especially for you know the, the being Evans Field. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, every time I pass by, I pass by all the time when I'm working, and I'm like, damn, because you still live there. You still live mm -hmm. in Evans Field, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every time I pass it, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta give this dude his card. But um, before we get out of here, I wanna. So wait. What is, what's this that you sent me? Talk to me a little bit about this, what you, what you sent me here. This is instrumental. Well, so going back to the whole point, right? I told you, I was asking myself, am I going to do this? Because I'm the type of person, like I told you, I'm figuring out who I am as a CEO. Yeah. I have a whole company that I can run. I don't have to do music. You know what I'm saying? Or I have credentials, bachelor's degree, master's degree, 10 years of real work experience that have nothing to do with art. Yeah. So I'm I'm talking to myself like I could have a whole different life. You know what I'm saying? D different than the one that's rapping IB in that video. Yeah. Right? Or that's hustling to try to or to rap on trains or try to sell a mixtape. You know what I'm saying? I I don't I don't have I don't have to be Chris Wise. I can be Christian Waterman and be successful. I could be a billionaire doing that. Well, it, I mean, I'm probably going to get to the billion as Christian Waterman, not necessarily as Chris Wise, the rapper. Yeah. Right? So I'm having all these conversations with myself in 2020, and it's obviously heightened because I have a child on the way. So my point of, of I guess, epiphany is just like, I love it enough to keep going. And I took time to not necessarily work on my music, but to just fall in love with music again. 
mm-hmm. you know. So shout out Larry June, shout out Always Nip. Uh, Griselda was huge for me last year. You know, all of them, Wes, Benny, uh, Conway. And then obviously within that, I'm hearing what's, what's up with Boldy James. You know? Shout out Boldy, yeah, because I knew Boldy when I was working at Mass Appeal. Uh, oh yeah, he was signed there, right? Yeah, yeah. I, he might still honestly be on the back affiliated. end. On the back end. Yeah, because I know he's like the the unspoken member of Griselda. I know they like yeah, kind of like picked him up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Tape, yeah. But yeah, shout out Boldy, man. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's super dope. Yeah, so so his his style gave me fresh confidence mm. in 2020 in terms of uh, his his. his his vocal approach, but then also just his his disposition. Like you know, he's not trying to be anything other than who he is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I'm a man and I rap. Yeah, and that's me in comparison to some of excuse me, who would be my peers in the industry who focus. I'm not gonna say they focus more on that than music, but there's people who focus a lot on image amidst their their music mm-hmm. and i like to dress well but i like to rap better <laughs> no i just like i'm not trying to do too much you know yeah. what i'm saying because at the end of the day is like steve jobs was richer than everybody he walked amongst but he still was gonna wear his uniform mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the black turtleneck with the new bows yeah keep it simple yeah right yeah. or like Going back to what I'm saying, trying to tell the kids is like it's not a fashion show. If I'm coming to work, I don't have to. I don't have to get jiggy for y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to work. Yeah, and you're going to school, which is your job. You don't have to get jiggy for these people. Mm-hmm. You're going to work. You know what I'm saying? So I bring that 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 workmanship to to everything I do. You know what I'm saying so. Where are we at? I'm the feeling beat. good. Okay, cool, cool. The either beat. way, either way, that's Clay. That's Clayborn Kick, uh, from from Pray the, for Paris. The producer on this. No, uh, but you know Pray for Paris, the West Side yeah, yeah, album, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the the instrumental to Clayborn Kick. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm bugging. So I'm that, bugging, I'm bugging. So that was one of the joints that helped me. Like I love that album. I loved a lot of the the records that was coming out from them. So I was able to put my spin on it mm-hmm. so that's what i wanted to share with you today well shit we're gonna share it man on the way out of here so this is the first and that's so funny because last episode i was like yo i need to start doing like in studio i saw you said that so i said i'm gonna fuck <laughs> with you man that's why i ain't saying no no record. all right I'm let's like, get to I'm, it man yeah. let's get to it some chris wise music here this is unreleased yeah, this, right yeah this is brand new man all right yeah, so they, they ain't got that let's get to it Swallow bitter pills with kawaii emotion Wild devotion with a name like wise You can tell that I rhyme like oceans Rhyme like potions Y'all divide, I'm the quotient Deliver a proper portion, stop the horseshit Land so lawless, I'm the enforcement Yeah, don't ask me who I'm endorsing in no election When I focus on sound and sound investments And try not to get my neck split they just touched son on president And the next day I'm on president At my grandma's residence Ruminating on the traumas that I've inherited Still grind to embellish it Package it and mailing it As a hellified modern slave narrative Uh, Dex that I'm seen as a hero 
The church that I'm seeing is a deacon As my wife bring life to the world Swell womb is my beacon Looking in the mirror and I love what I'm seeing Pride, power, dynastic Little less erratic, more reflective Well connected, just ask my Swear something about the Thursday night to the Friday morning I'm on my third black coffee letting off launches uh, Plenty of them moving sus around me Still won't make a fuss around me Cause they know that my cloth cut, cut different Did I stutter or simply utter the truth And you heard it twice You gotta want it at them scary hours Gotta face your fears for breakfast, lunch and dinner and dessert Midnight snack in the middle of the night in the fridge But you looking for something, anything That'll quench your thirst Ugh. Life don't get easier in fact, it becomes worse But you get to the point where you gotta stop running It just makes shit work I was voted most likely to succeed, bitch, no excuses I couldn't read this, so I wrote my own fucking blueprint And Swift Ben told me It's the music, it's the music, it's the music When I couldn't shake, y'all moved for me Now I'm paying back taxes When it all seemed lost, I was down to my last Drew Jackson I regained my faith through my pen and my pad and my black skin now I'm shooting through the pack as the vet with necks and I love my ranking And I'm pulling from the park leaf Cause I know that my work on parchment it sound like God's speech And at this point It's way too late for me to pivot I got everything riding on this one plate dog let's get it Hail Mary, my father Dipped like he couldn't stand me Now I stand tall way more likely to get a Grammy than a plan B Shot connected, miracle worker Phone blinging yet another purchase My poems flicking like an oven furnace through the fall of Rome, I've been steady working with a steady hand Trying to right my wrongs and the ones I can't Brushing with the sage, brushing with the sage Through the fall of Rome, I've been steady working with a steady hand Trying to right my wrongs and the ones I can't I brush them with the sage, brush them with the sage, brush them with the sage The ones I can't brush them with the sage, brush them with the sage, brush them with the sage I feel like I need to hit him with a funk flex <laughs> <laughs> Whatever your approach is, man. Yo, and this is this I is fun. I need to I need to do this more often, man. More, like, man. yo, I think that's like the perfect way to end this show. Set the tone. To end this episode, Chris Wise. Thank you for coming through the Bow Whatever podcast once again. We back, we back. And we, you know, you're always welcome here, bro. So next time we do this, it'll be even more special. We might oh, get to do sure, a little reunion sure. reunion like show of like all the sure, who's on deck sure. guys and sure. you know a little back in the day stuff. Chris, yo, love. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming through here. Like I said, we've been working on this for a while. We've been trying to make this happen. But you yeah, got you a lot didn't of things. give up on me, man. I didn't, man. Nah, there's been some people I have given up on, but I'm not giving <laughs> up on you. I was ducking and dodging, but you stayed faithful <laughs> to me, man. I really appreciate it. Of that, course, man. man. Anytime, bro. Thank you for coming through, bro. Have a good one, man. Yo, Peace. Love.